Welcome to the 379th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy coming to you live with a legally derived hemp high. And joining me all the way across the city of Omaha is my co-host, Matt. I'm all hopped up on caffeine and fucking clips. <laughs> Matt has seen the error of his ways and not clipping and has decided that he must clip thusly more and more. I've clipped the entire movie. <laughs> I went from no clipping to all clipping. I don't do anything, just middle ground. I can't find that satisfying. It's all or nothing for me. <laughs> Matt is like, I'm not on board or I'm overboard. I've just got yeah. no board in general. Yeah, it's goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's why you call it an addictive personality, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Anybody that knows you and anybody that's listened to this show for more than three episodes probably realizes just the addictive personality you do have. Ah, that's true. I do. That's fucking why I stay away from cocaine. So we are now now recording since the last time that I had offered it on the Pirate Radio edit feed only for last week and I've uh, gotten nobody grabbing it from the Pirate Radio edit so we still have a steam code to give away Matt. Hey all right. Yeah. Let's give away that steam code or else just give it to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure if you reached out to Kevin and asked him for a steam code, he would just give you one. Probably. <laughs> He'd be like, who are you again? Oh, you're the other <laughs> guy from Cinema Psyops that you're, you're never another guy to anybody. Yeah. Who's a fucking shut in. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, please, sir, may I have a steam code? <laughs> please. So it keeps me further shut in. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so last week, the same rules apply that they did for the pirate radio only edit but this time i'm going to open it up to everybody in the main feed so whenever matt goes on his diatribe that lays in all the fucking annoying music that i had to put in to cover it up we won't have to cover it up this week so matt can actually go on his little bit of a rant so this is how you get the steam code from me as part of the giveaway whether you're on the pirate radio edit which you'll get a chance to get it still or if you're on the main feed now you have a chance to get it as well this is all this is all you got to do it's real simple email me cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com this just email me this i want the fucking steam code court yeah i want the fucking steam code court see just like that just like that matt matt can't do it matt actually has to reach out to kevin to get one if he wants one yeah i can't do it like that but you guys can (laughs) why do i feel like personally attacked by this i don't know no you're just part of the show i can't have you i mean you've got a chance to beat everybody else because literally you could be emailing me during the pirate radio edit recording of the other show and email me that you want the fucking steam code court which that's what i already attempted to do and you told me to go to hell And I said, look, if you just reach out directly to Kevin, he will give you one. And I said, fuck you. I don't like talking to other people. (laughs) And I'm like, then why are you emailing all of this to me? We should just have you reach directly out to Kevin. And I'm like, did you die here? I don't like talking to people or reaching out to people or any other people. (laughs) And I wrote back, of course I didn't hear. This is fucking email, you jerk. And I'm like, oh my God, how long is this bit going to (laughs) go? In which I emailed back just long enough to keep us both entertained. So I think we're done here. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're all right. (laughs) Christ, you are all hopped up on goofballs. This is like fucking really am, dude. This this is like the old. (laughs) You better be glad this is a day I did the notes because if I wasn't doing the notes and you were, oh, this would be a fucking shit show for you. 
I'd rein you in. I would definitely have to rein you in. I yeah. did with the the woman trilogy that we did, or those those three films. Yeah. Good lord, there's that's all the outtakes are. I mean, like, dude, we're gonna be here for six hours if you don't knock us off. I know, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's how you get the fucking steam code, anyway, guys. All the bit aside, just email me that you want the fucking steam code court. Yeah. That's I want the fucking steam code court. That's I want not the, the fucking court. I want the fucking steam code. That's See? all you gotta say. Yeah. No, if that was I an want email the fucking and not steam. Matt, give me the fucking steam. Code, steam code court steam court code dort port i don't know fuck it are you having a stroke kinda <laughs> all right well we should better get the show going on the road so you can get to the hospital as soon as possible then yeah it's fine i mean i don't really want to pay all that kind of money I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll be fine this week we are starting our box set deep dives this is a new thing this year because i've got box sets that have been lying around and untouched and so i'm just going to do them on the show up first for the box set deep dive is the blood island films the movie we're covering this week is the first released in that series Terror is a Man is the name of it yeah this is an old school black and white flick from quite a while ago but man does it look like it was made in modern day it really does kind of does for as well as it was put together this fucking transfer is unbelievable and it's definitely a film out of its time it's pretty amazing to me actually yeah okay so this film was made and released by 1959 is when this film was released damn and I would submit to you and I'm gonna just that's what I want to frame my review on this film as because there's gonna be some things that I'll be nitpicking at it obviously and I will have some issues with a few things that's just it happens that's always the way it is yeah but for 1959 this feels like it was a movie that was shot in modern day in its look and its approach to the effects and everything but it was like made in such a way as to lovingly lampoon and or pay tribute to films from this era right yeah there's there's actually a filmmaker that's like his whole thing his, his name is Christopher R. Mim and he's part of St. Euphoria films where his whole thing is to make good bad movies and he emulates an era and you know does it with a little bit of fun and there's some tongue in cheek humor to some of it some, some of the films obviously and everything but the idea was these movies didn't really have a budget they didn't really have much to work with so they just kind of did their own thing and it was shot in black and white and that's exactly what Christopher Armem does. This movie, Terror is a Man, feels like the kind of movie that he would make to pay tribute to this particular type of movie. That Like being trapped on a terrifying island Dr. Moreau kind of knockoff, right? Yeah. But it was legitimately made in 1959 which just goes to show you how good that man is at what he does and how well made this film was for 1959 and that's all other complaints that I'm going to have are null and void compared to those things that I needed to say, which is why I'm saying it up front. Of course. Now, I mean, you're, you're, you're making some good points. Now, this is the first in the series for this box set. So, like, I have some high expectations for the next couple of films, right? Like, because yeah, they're going to, sure. they should increase in budget. And therefore, if they were able to make a film this well that they did here on whatever budget they did, obviously they're going to get more money as they go. Where are we going to go with these movies, dude? I'm excited. Yeah, right. It should be pretty good stuff. Yeah, it definitely has a better feeling to go into a box set like this than what we will probably get in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because usually when it comes to box sets, we don't have the best of luck. <laughs> and also, I know I have some box sets coming up that you are going to dread. Probably, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that's how it almost always goes. So, <laughs> All right, well, instead of talking around the future of the show and what we plan on doing with the show, let's actually get into the fucking show. This week, Blood Island Films Terror is a man from 1959. And since there is obviously a cat beast that features prominently in this, all the songs for the Pirate Radio edit this week will involve cat men. Uh, bad cats and or maybe a stray cat or two but all songs are going to be about cats in some way shape or form on the pirate radio edit but up first another way for you to get a steam code out of our patreon giveaway with kevin and our legion patreon ad and right after that gene vincent with Catman. hey everyone this is kevin as many of you probably have heard bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher 
congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcast. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room. Vincent song Catman is almost old enough and may actually be old enough for sure to be featured in Terror as a Man this week. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, it's a song called Catman. And while he's talking about a dude that's catting about trying to steal your ladies, I mean, that still fits very well with a Catman that's catting about trying to steal some ladies in this flick. Yeah, right. Yeah, Catman, you know, he likes the ladies. <laughs> Why don't we get on with the movie and tell them all about the Catman and Terror as a Man? Uh, Terror as a Man, the first 20 minutes, uh, we actually start out, and it's, uh, it's pretty funny. We start out with a film warning that the the picture you're about to see has a scene so shocking that it is necessary to forewarn you. We suggest that this squeamish and faint-hearted close their eyes at the sound of the bell and reopen them when the bell rings again. I don't remember ever hearing the bell, so you'll have to tell me where it showed up. I uh, I think I remember, but I never noted it down. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, it's really not prominent enough. And uh, I clearly am none of those things because I didn't notice any of the terror or shock and dread that they were promising. Yeah, same. Neither did I. Okay, we can move uh, on then. So, I'm good. Yeah. All right. So we see a boat with a dude in it and it floats up and two guys find him and he's alive. However, then one of the guys hears some weird cat-like noises. Um, the dude who was in the boat, well, he wakes up and fuck it. That's our first clip. We are about a thousand miles off the coast of Peru. How do you feel? I guess all right. Any pain? Good. Did your ship go down? Yeah. Pedro Queen. It was a freighter. Your name is William Fitzgerald, huh? We found a wallet in your hip pocket. It's over there on the table. You're a petroleum engineer, huh? Yeah. You were headed for the States? Yeah. Isn't there anybody? You were alone. It was an explosion. I I was the only only one up on top. I I thought there might be other boats. No. Your lifeboat was the only one washed up on the beach. Do you have... Do you have any boats here? No. Were they radioed? We have no radio. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do. Well, you sit in up and take a notice, huh? Walter, this is William Fitzgerald. Walter Pereira. We carried you off from the beach. Well, did you see anything? No, but that thing's really hurting, you know. I heard it once, moaning, crying like. You really want that thing back? Don't be stupid, Walter. We must have woke your wife up. She's up on the porch. Well, I'll see you all in the morning. Glad you're okay, Fitzgerald. I'm sorry. How long have you been up? I think I woke up when you first brought him in. Is he all right? He will be. He was on a freighter that went down. He's an American. Apparently the only survivor from what he says. There isn't anything you can do about the others, is there? Walter said that you found him on the beach. Yes, he was quite lucky. He could have drifted into the... When? An hour ago. What were you doing out? It has escaped again, hasn't it? Going to dig pits tomorrow. I knew it. I heard it crying. Sounded like a human. There is nothing to be afraid of, dear. It's as frightened of you as you are of it. Yes, I suppose it is. It's known nothing but pain and fear since we came here. I can't help being afraid. I'm afraid of this house, this island. Can't stand Walter. You're doing is so wrong. I hate it, all of it. I know you do. Please let the animal go. Let it escape. Then we can leave here. Francis, we have spent two years working on that animal here. It would be absurd to throw that away. And the dozen years before that, learning, experimenting. That's important. What about us? Aren't we important? My dear, of course we are. Please don't. This is so cheap. There's just no talking to you tonight, is there? Good night.
Wow, Jesus, I feel like I'm watching the movie. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you know, congratulations, because you are. Uh, I'm listening mad to at it me. anyway. Yeah, right? Um, so there you go. Uh, we, you know, we have some, you know, there's a creature. Uh, the wife wants it to be left alone. Uh, the guy's like, the hell's no. We, we got to, you know, experiment, find it, do whatever. Someone uh, so. needs to talk to that scientist about the myth of sunken costs. Yeah, right. Because you got no one to hold them, no one to fold them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If even Kenny Rogers, who is probably the most addictive personality you could hear about. Yeah. He says <laughs> no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Then you need to no know one to hold them, no one to fold them. Yeah, exactly. This scientist has not learned either. No. He's like, hey, everything's fine. We'll keep going. <laughs> We've been right, doing so this anyway, for three years. What's the point of stopping now? We're so close to finding something. We're so close to not finding anything or finding something horrible. <laughs> uh, the lady goes to bed and we see the creature, whatever it is, is watching her. It's a heavily bandaged thing with some kind of whiskery face. Yes. Uh, so then uh, the creature, we get, we go into creature view and we see that it comes across a village and attacks a young man and then a young woman. Someone alerts the rest of the village and we see the villagers all start pretty much running away and they abandon the village. We <laughs> they abandoned the, next... the whole goddamn island, dude. Yeah, they left the island. They they are gone. Yeah, all the people on the island said, fuck this, I'm out. Like it was fucking Firefest or some shit and just left behind like two people that were helping the scientists who's responsible. And that's right. it. Just gotta get out of here. <laughs> I don't um, blame them at all. Like, fuck this dude. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta be we gotta be gone. So... Uh, anyway, then we get to the next day, and the boy visits the dude from the boat wreck, and that's our next clip. Are you feeling all right, sir? Yeah. Feeling a little bit like a human being again. I'm just thinking. I'm a pretty lucky human. Yes, sir. Can I do something for you, sir? No, no, I'm fine, Tiago, thanks. I think that was about the finest meal I ever had. And I thank you for the razor and the clothes. Did Dr. Gerard say when he'd be back? No, sir. Flowers for your girl? They're for my mother, sir. I'll take them now if you don't want something. No, I'm fine. Thanks. Tiago, is there anybody in the house now? No, sir. Well, there was something about traps last night. Is he hunting today? Yes, sir. He's hunting. Who lives here, Tiago? Dr. Gerard, Mrs. Gerard, Mr. Walter, my sister. I mean here on this island. What people live here? Not any, sir. Not any? Nobody. So the dude, he starts looking around the house, then he goes outside. Uh, Fitz is going around, he finds the village that's empty, and then he finds some fresh graves. Well, he starts to hear something following him, and as he walks further, he comes across the doctor and his wife, and that's our next clip. <laughs> Super long clip. No, don't come any closer. Stay there. It's all right. I didn't want you to walk into this pit. There's a pit here. It begins about a dozen feet in front of me. It's covered with leaves and branches. Do you see it? How do you feel? Pretty good. What is this, a trap? Yes, we are just about finished. Just a little over there, then you're through. Mr. Fitzgerald, this is my wife, Frances. Hello. How do you do? I'm glad you're feeling so much better. Yes, I've been thinking about that. I'm pretty lucky. You shouldn't be running around like this, but as long as you are here, <laughs> it's all right. Can I help? No, thanks. Are there any more pits like this? Three more. Did you have anything to eat? 
plenty. Tiago's a good man. I'm sorry there wasn't one of us there, but we had to get this done. It's been a very difficult day. Is it a particular kind of animal you want? Yes, uh, we dug those pits and we put out some drugged meat. One or the other ought to do the job. It's all right. Let's go. The sun will be down in an hour. I must have slept for 20 hours. That's good. You needed it. I guess I did. Feel as if I'm not awake yet. To you, darling, for many reasons. The most immediate being our delightful supper. I think we should be toasting Mr. Fitzgerald for reminding us we still can be civilized on occasion. That's right, Mr. Fitzgerald is our first guest. Seems so much longer than two years. I'd forgotten we had good china or silver or the manners to use them. I'd like to drink to destiny or the fates or whatever it was that put me ashore here on your island. I'm going to walk around a little. It's been two or three hours now. We might have caught us a cat by now. Yeah, I'll get that black devil back where he belongs. And I'd write. Yes, sir. You can bring a coffee now, Selina. Just three. Ah, this has been wonderful. I'd almost forgotten about the animal, this island. Yes, it's been a very pleasant evening. You've been here two years? Just about. At first I had the idea you were a missionary. But the boy was telling me you've, uh, well, there's nobody else here on the island. This would be a very poor spot for missionaries now. <laughs> now I'm a surgeon. I'm doing some experimental work here. You must have come through the village this afternoon. Yes. Well, didn't Tiago tell you? About the village? Well, it's has been inhabited until last night. Uh, 50 or 75 people were living here. Well, what do you mean? They all just left? Not quite so sudden or so strange. They're very superstitious people. They never quite understood what I was doing here. <laughs> they thought me to be some sort of, <laughs> of an evil spirit. Oh, we've had some trouble before. Must be a primitive bunch. Well, most people aren't. They wouldn't have been much different in New York. What did they do? Nothing. They were afraid, so they decided to move to some other island. Why were they afraid? No reason, really. They were just afraid. One of the men came to get Tiago and Selina. We didn't know until later, but they wanted to stay on. They're the only ones left. Well, that's fantastic. Oh, well, I was asleep. Why, we all were asleep. Is New York your home? You mentioned it. Yes, I had my practice there in Manhattan. I gave it up two years ago. I was doing quite well. Office on Park Avenue. <laughs> I quit because I was making too much money. Oh, not that I objected to make money, but I had some research work I wanted to do, and the more money I made, the harder I found it to break away. I knew if I waited much longer, I'd never leave. What is it you're trying to do? <laughs> to alter certain functions. It's too difficult to explain. 
It would be to me. Surgery is a little out of my line. You are from San Francisco. Mm. That's right. I've been in South America most of the last 10 years. I was on my way back home to stay. I didn't quite make it. It was a terrible thing. I'll be a long time forgetting. Incidentally, how often does the boat put in here? <laughs> That's what I wanted to tell you. Not very often, I'm afraid, about four times a year. The last was here a month ago, so really another two months. Do you realize nobody in the world knows what happened to that ship or the people on it? Nobody knows what happened to me, except you. Maybe just a signal. Sounded close. I won't be long. Is it always quiet like this? Not always. I think I'm developing a taste for quietness in my later years. I like it. You do? I don't. Sometimes, not always. Are you afraid of something, Mrs. Gerard? I'm afraid of everything. Right now, the darkness and the night. I never used to be afraid of the darkness before. But I am now. I don't blame you. The animal's here. It surprises me. What do you mean? I just wouldn't expect to find anything like a panther here. Not on an island the size of this one. Do you see many of them? No. No, we brought this animal with us when we came here. Charles got it from a dealer in Cahai. It's for his work? Yes. It escaped last night. They'll probably find it, won't they? Yes, they'll find it. Then he'll want me to assist him in his work again. I don't think I can. Do you work with him? I'm a nurse. Well, I don't know. I... I imagine he's as anxious to get back home as you are. I'm going to leave on the next boat whether Charles' work is finished or not. Got to get away. Sometimes I think I'll die on this island. Will you help me, Mr. Fitzgerald? Certainly, but... Oh, it's finally over. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Wake everyone up! Good? <laughs> Wake up, everyone. We're back. All right, and by the way, that's the end of the first 20 minutes. All right, I understand why you're doing these clips, because it literally is all dialogue telling you everything that has happened. You don't even really see the shipwreck. Yeah, it's, it's, this movie was dialogue heavy. Right, which is, <laughs> you kind of have to do that for a film like this if you want to have lofty ideas of things that are happening. Like, they can't afford to show you a shipwreck. Yeah, no. So, But they can afford to show you a guy floating on a boat who, you know, was the only survivor of a shipwreck, possibly. Yeah, so there you go. And then, and then can, let him tell the story. Right, and I mean, it's not, the dialogue isn't necessarily boring for the era that it comes from. Uh, it is really heavy, but it's no different than any other film that was released in the late 50s as far as how much they're trying to get away with just explaining what happened instead of showing. That's pretty yeah. standard for movies around this era, so I'm, I'm, I have no complaints there at all. Uh, there is definitely a different... I don't know, it's got a completely different feel from the era than it's what it is here. Because like I said, it feels like they are almost a parody being made nowadays or like a loving lampoon 
tone kind of thing, sort of like Young Frankenstein even was doing of the Frankenstein's movies that it, it was parodying, where it was trying to be kind of tongue-in-cheek fun at the same time of, you know, really emulating the era that it's trying to emulate. Yeah. And it's really prevalent even in the dialogue like this. It just doesn't quite feel like it was made back then at all, does it? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Yeah, it's such a strange thing. It took me a little while to get over. But there's a few things that end up happening where I'm like, okay, clearly this was made back in the era that it was made in. You know, like there's one other movie that kind of feels like that. And I think it's... um. Frankenstein Conquers the Martians or something like that I think it's called I can't remember but uh, it's a really really old film and it's like (laughs) everything about that feels like an actual parody and not you know something that was made in the air that was made in but it actually was made then just like this film so this will I think the first 20 minutes are pretty self-explanatory yeah lots of build up we're waiting we know there's some weird shit going on on this island of course I don't have the name of it right enough to know if I got the right one fuck ah whatever we can move on let's move on so the next 20 minutes, well, the group is getting ready to work, uh, and, uh, well, they're getting ready to work that night, uh, boat dude's getting ready to go to bed, Fritz, and, uh, he's having a smoke, and then he decides instead he's gonna snoop around. So he spies on the doctor and the wife, they're working on some shit, and one of the bodies, and all of a sudden, uh, she's kind of telling him how she can no longer help, and this is the last time she's ever doing this. As he's hiding, we see the creatures on the bed reaching for him. He doesn't ever notice it, but he slinks away she walks up to the creature and says sorry to it later as uh he's in bed she stops outside his door they have this little moment where you know is is she gonna knock on the door well anyway there's the next day and he finds her on the beach and that's our next clip (laughs) how do you feel today fine been exploring your island i was wondering i just passed through the village and i met to ask last night about the graves there is one of them the boy's mother tiago's yes She was our servant. Her name was Alicia. She was killed the first time the animal escaped. She was the first one. Night before last, it escaped again. Three people were killed that time. That was why they left. Your husband didn't say anything about it. No. I... I guess he had his reasons. Last night you said you were afraid. You never said what you were afraid of. Is it your husband? Yes. Will you help me? I said I would. But I don't think there's anything to worry about. They're not going to let it get loose again. Must be a mean animal. It's a pitiful creature. Don't let's talk about it. Don't you feel better today than you did last night? I always feel better in the daylight. Out in the sun. Along the Gulf of Mexico, there's a little beach. Something like this. I was imagining this was a French Riviera before you came. Have you ever been there? No. It's pretty overrated. I thought I would love it when I first came here. Seems a long time ago. Two years. I was busy making plans. I was planning to marry a wealthy doctor. Live on an island in the South Seas. Sounds better than a travel poster. I thought so then. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Please don't. 
I'm not lonely. I'm frightened. I'd hate to see it come. Remember last year? Yes. Would you like a drink? No, thank you. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. Miss Gerard, will the doctor not be having his dinner? Uh, uh, no, if he wants anything, he'll get it himself, Tiago. He hasn't been upstairs the whole day, you know, but I called on to him a couple of times. He said he was busy. That's all right with me. Maybe that stinking animal down there is going to die. You want another one? Not yet, thank you. You gentlemen have your drinks. I think I'll say good night. <laughs> Already? Good night. Good night, Mrs. Gerard. She's kind of touchy tonight, ain't she? She's a little edgy. I guess we all are. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's touchy. Knows it? That's right. I hadn't thought about it. But uh, you know why that is? Hmm? No, why? <laughs> it's the weather. That's right, that's the weather. I know what I'm talking about. I was born and raised in rain country in Guatemala, you know. Over there, when it rains, or it's going to rain, people are going to get mean. You know, irritated. It's the weather. Same thing here. Makes sense. Imagine scientists. Scientists. <laughs> Let me tell you something, friend. I have enough science to last me the rest of my life. I work around in hospitals and not houses since I was 23 back home. And let me tell you, that Girard is worse than the rest of them put together. What do you mean? Oh, well, nothing. It's my own fault for coming down to this stinking island. You know, I thought I was going to have it pretty soft down here. There it is. I'm going on to bed. I could, though. I could tell you some things. A lot of them. I mean, right here. You could, huh? Yeah. All right, that's the end of that 20 minutes. All right, so things are picking up. We're hearing the Catman yeah. do what the Catman do. We're seeing a little bit more of the Catman when he can't cat do Catman also cat is do. caught, so. And he's mostly bandaged because he's a work in progress being constantly operated on. This sounds horrific. This doctor is fucking evil. Oh, and our would-be hero that just ends up crash landing on this island is also is a now... fucking cad trying to fucking bone the guy's wife. Yeah, by the way, we should say also while... On the beach, uh, Walter, the assistant, was watching those two make out. So he is well aware of what's going on. So that's also something to be aware of and something that will become important later. <laughs> this lady gave him no signals, and then all of a sudden they're just making out. What the fuck is going on with that? Yeah, yeah and she even said, I'm not, you know, I'm not lonely. She's frightened. Yeah, this guy's so making all like, the wrong moves, and this is this is just weird. Like, this is not the usual yeah. romance that you the, would have in this. She would be the... No doctor's daughter and the guy would fall in love yeah. with her in a normal like 1950s style movie 
But like this type of infidelity going on in a movie, like right up in your face, this is pretty risque for the time frame it's made in. Uh, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a ballsy fucking choice, man. We have to right? like, really mention that. Yeah. Like Big can you time. can you think of a movie that would portray its would be heroes like heroine and hero, like the two we're supposed to be rooting for in the film, right? Yeah. As cheating cads before the husband dies by the hands of the monster, like it's okay for her to seek solace in this guy's arms after the scientist who's evil is dead. Then it's yes. okay in the 50s, but having them just like randomly making out all of a sudden and like basically having implying that they've been fucking since that guy's been there. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's not that's not good. You don't normally see that in a 1950s movie. That's insane. Yeah, right. That's uh that is not uh, that is not kosher right. typically in 1950s right. talk. It was made in that era, but like I'm saying, this is one of the things where I'm like this is the sort of thing that somebody now would put into their film, you know, yeah. like kind of having a little little poke at the would be morality clauses of the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, oh yeah. But even exactly. be- but even better, right? This is a film that is having a finger put up to the morality clauses that they would put in movie scripts at the Jesus. time. Like it's saying no kidding. And just doing it. Like that alone makes me enjoy this flick. Yeah, it's it's fucking it's a new way of uh yeah, that's not typically some stuff you see in the nineteen fifties movies. Uh you know, especially you know, I mean shit, back then they were still having married couples sleeping in separate beds on TV shows. Right. And then also keep in mind too, like usually if you had someone that was acting in some kind of a sexual sin manner, it would be in a film noir and they would be punished for their sins by the end of it. Yeah. In exactly. some way, like, shape, or form. Somehow, like, yeah. yeah, they would be uh affected. Right. Like that's the only way that it was okay was to put them in for like the salacious shock of that kind of thing. Like, oh yeah. heavens my, and then they're usually punished shortly after. <laughs> Even in horror, yes. that's the way that it works, right? It's just like of course. Yeah. They're the bad they're bad people. This film I mean, doesn't do that. It says fuck you to that. Yeah, it says, nah, man, the guy you mean cheating on, he's still the bad person. <laughs> I mean, like, it's still wrong for her to cheat on her husband with this guy like that. Absolutely. But yeah. kudos to this film for acknowledging that that's more realistic than anything else. Well, and also, it's not like this husband's the greatest dude, doesn't really care about her or her feelings or anything <sighs> okay, like that. Yes, he's ignoring her and not taking care of her because he's operating on an unwilling victim and turning him into a slowly like a hybrid cat human being against his will and that that makes him an awful person yeah oh fuck you're right i just heard it when i said it out loud <laughs> i was gonna say jesus court of course what's we wrong with move, you we should move on to the next 20 minutes <laughs> all right uh the next 20 so uh fritz he's snooping around still and he's uh examining the doctor's office looking at all the stuff while the doctor comes in and well of course it's our next super long clip i thought you decided my work was none of your business so i did you have a fresh drink Mm. i see you are interested in what i'm doing here i wonder why just curious i wish i weren't now uh, (laughs) you'll find out anyway from walter tiago my wife haven't they told you what i was doing no they've uh, they've made quite a point of not telling me They don't approve, I'm afraid. I wish they understood, but they don't. Every man needs approval. Understanding. Do you know anything about surgery, Mr. Fitzgerald? Medicine? Well, a couple of years ago, I got into a fight at a bar in Caracas and they took 12 stitches. That's about the extent of my knowledge of surgery. (laughs) That's one of its functions, repairing damage to the human body. Removing malignant or poorly functioning organs, transplanting tissue or bone, 
from one part of the body to another, sometimes from one body to another. And there's been some progress in plastic work recently, but basically, <laughs> surgery has remained primitive. Limited. It's potential not even imagined by medical men. I can imagine it, though. And surgery is only a part of my work, a small part. It's here on the desk, most of it. These are the records. Could I have it firsthand? I feel as if I were 100 years old tonight. I began thinking about this already in medical school. Actually started working only about 10 or 12 years ago. Simple work at first, on smaller animals, skin and bone grafts. Later I attempted alterations of major organs. Oh, I had a great many failures, but there was a percentage that was successful to some degree, so I kept on trying, learning, experimenting. Trying what? to bring about the modification of a species, but a modification to such a degree that the subject will lose the characteristics of its own species and take on those of another. Do you understand? I think so. Oh, I don't mean uh, surface or topographical changes, but basic modifications. Do you understand? Well, on the face of it, it seems unnatural. Is that what the others say? Yes, that's what they say. It's no more unnatural than evolution. It is evolution. And you've speeded up the process, is that it? You make it sound very simple. It isn't. There's more to it than surgery. Well, that's what you say. You see, surgery can alter appearance. It can change a rat into a rabbit. But the real difference lies in the brain, its size and the function of the individual areas. There is where the change has to be made. You can change the size of a brain, cause it to enlarge? More than that. Enlarge and actually alter the cellular structure. By the use of certain chemical, I developed it. It's a synthetic, it's similar to a glandular extract. Now, infinitesimal amounts of this chemical injected directly into the brain during surgery will bring about alteration of the individual cells, cell division and cell growth. I can control the size of the brain. I can control the function of the various areas. What do you think? I think you've given me something to think about. I can alter living matter, alter it basically, from its smallest unit to its largest, from one cell to many trillion. And that's what the animal downstairs is for. Yes, we can talk some more tomorrow. I still have a great deal of work to do tonight. All right, good night. Gerard, the changes in evolution have come about through a process of natural selection, haven't they? Yes. But in your work, the selection isn't nature's, though it's yours. Your choice. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm going to operate tomorrow. Would you like to come downstairs? Yes, I would. Mr. Gerard, please do not take what my wife says too seriously. She is afraid. She doesn't know what she's afraid of. After this, Fritz, uh, he goes out to have a cigarette, and he and Francis are kind of making eyes at one another. Uh, the doc, we cut to the doctors working on his subject. 
Cut back to Francis and Fritz start making out. Uh, the next day, uh, Tiago gives, uh, who's like the, the house helper, gives Fritz a charm to hold. Well, Francis shows up and he really wants to talk about what happened last night, but she does not at all. She is not happy she did that shit. She says, I don't want to even talk about it. Well, the doctor shows up for breakfast and <laughs> that's our next clip. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Just coffee, Tiago. Where's Walter? Walter had quite a bit of sleeping medicine last night. Not too much, I hope. I need him to assist me this morning. Are you operating this morning? Yes. Say, what is, what is Aku Aku? <laughs> I see you must have been talking to Tiago, huh? Yes, he gave me this. Yeah, that's an Aku Aku. It's a sort of good luck charm. All the natives here believe in it. Tiago must think you need a little bit of good luck, huh? Who doesn't? That's right. <laughs> Mr. Fitzgerald and I had a talk last night. I tried to explain to him uh, what we are doing here. What you are doing, Charles. You see, my wife does not approve. You still feel like coming along? Sure. Right now? Yes. You won't be bothered by his crying for a while. I'll be going to his larynx. You have no voice? Oh, just for a few hours. Uh, you won't change your mind? No. Well, I'm going to wake Walter. Tiago! Maybe getting him some breakfast. Shall we start? So the doc shows Fritz the creature, and they begin operating on it. The doctor comments about how many surgeries that he's had to do on the creature, and yet the creature has strength but still fears him because of all the surgeries. Fritz then decides he's going to go back upstairs, and he talks to Iago, who wants to make sure that he still has the charm, and he says, I do, and he goes, good, you're going to need it. Francis then goes down to help clean up, and the doc's like, I thought you didn't want to help. She goes, yeah, here I am. And as she's cleaning up, the assistant Walt is down there, and he talks to her, and that's our next clip. I'm glad you came down here, Mrs. Girard. I've been wanting to talk to you about something. What? Well, I wanted to talk about you. What do you mean? Just to talk. What do you want, Walt? Well, I don't want anything. I sure don't want you to get sore at me. I want to help you. I don't need any help. And if you don't leave, I'm going to call Dr. Girard. Oh, come on. You're not going to call him. That's why I didn't want to talk to you earlier. Any place public, you know. Like uh, the beach. I really don't blame you none. After all, it's none of my business. But you are wrong about not needing any help. You do. Because let me tell you. That husband of yours is crazy. You counting of getting the next boat off this island. He just might not let you, you know that? That Fitzgerald. He ain't gonna help you. He's helping your husband. You need somebody on your side. I really want to help you. If you will let me. Stay away from me, Walter. Gross. Yeah. Well, anyway, he tacks her and gets really rapey, rapey with her. And the creature then, that ignores the creature, and it busts out of its restraints. Um, it causes so much of a problem that Fran is able to escape from the assistant. The assistant gets him re-strapped down and then starts beating the creature with a wooden board. And that ends that 20 minutes going into the final 30. Has the bell rung yet? I, I haven't seen any, like, unbelievable I've, I have not. I can't remember. Yeah, it's just like, where is the unbelievable horror we were promised earlier in this film yeah right and i think we're supposed to have seen it already or if not it's coming but we're so jaded that uh, we don't see it as the ultimate <laughs> whore 
<laughs> I don't know what it is that the squeamish need to be so worried about. I think like even yeah. modern day squeamish people could get through this just fine. Yes, I I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> There's a mutual friend of both of our wives who's extremely squeamish. I think she could make it through this no problem. I also agree with that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fritz finds Tiago's sister, and that is our next and last longest. It's not the last clip, but it's the last longest one. Okay, so this is the long as fuck pent ultimate clip. Yes. Thanks. Mr. Fritz. Yes, Selena? You, you will talk to him? Well, I did want to see him. Why? Mr. Fritz, Mrs. Doctor is a good woman. You help her to go away, please. My brother and I go with you. Only you can help Mr. Pitch. I'll do what I can, Selena, I promise. But I thought you and Tiago wanted to stay here. Our home is here, but no more. Nothing now belongs here. Only death. See, that's a bad bruise, Selena. Where did you get that? It's nothing. Who did that to you, Selena? No one. Herrera? No. Now, there you are, Fitzgerald. See, it hasn't rained all afternoon. We've been exploring the island. Not really. Just walking, thinking. Come into my study. I have something to show you that might interest you. Come in, Mr. Fitzgerald. Sit down. This is what I wanted to show you. It should make your perspective about my work fairly complete. Dr. Gerard, what kind of animal is that you have downstairs? What do you call it? What would you call it? I don't know. I've been thinking about that. Ever since I saw the eyes. All I saw was the eyes, but... But what would you call it? A man. Am I wrong? What is a man, Mr. Fitzgerald? Where does the species begin? I saw his eyes and there was a soul there. I'd call him a man. But if he's a man, if he has a soul, I gave it to him. I? I don't think you have the right to. Mr. Fitzgerald, I'm a scientist, not a philosopher. I cannot possibly concern myself with the moral aspects of my work. There'll be enough people who'll be only too eager and willing to take care of that when the time comes. Why do you want to do this? Do you know? Certainly I know. I'm perfectly sane. I've never thought anything else, but I'm still curious to know why. Well, man breeds animals for his own purpose. Improves them, modifies them, he speeds up the process of natural evolution. Now you could ask, why not use the same principle to improve the human race? Well, it cannot be done, because man's mind is not his own. It's completely dominated by complexes, anxieties, fear and prejudice of countless sick generations before him. That's why I've chosen the animal to be the father of a new race of man. He alone will have a new, fresh mind, capable of thinking his own thoughts with the complete objectivity. I've never known such a man, have you? Maybe someday such a man will evolve, evolve naturally. There are laws, natural laws. Yes, but why wait? We can only find out about these natural laws by waiting, watching and recording them over hundreds, thousands of years and generations. What a waste of time. Let me show you something, Mr. Fitzgerald. Yeah, this is a photograph of the animal when we first brought it here. Here are sketches 
showing the various stages of development. This is evolution, Mr. Fitzgerald. A man evolved from an animal in less than two years. According to natural law, it cannot be done. <laughs> well, I have done it. Have you? In appearance, perhaps, but inside, he's still a beast, a killer. Semantics. This creature killed by instinct, out of fear. The same instinct of fear that makes people kill each other, go to war. That instinct, I'm afraid, I've not yet been able to isolate and remove with a scalpel. In the meantime, he's killed four people without reason. How childishly naive and sentimental you are. What do the lives of four people? You mean you don't care about the lives of these people? I care as little about theirs as I do about my own. Well, that's your business, but you don't have the right to involve your wife in all this. Mr. Fitzgerald, why should any man value another more than he does himself? That's your philosophy. Isn't it yours? Be honest with yourself. It takes courage, I know. Well, I have it. And that is why nothing, absolutely nothing, will stop me or alter my course. So what is your course from here? I shall continue my work. And I shall succeed in creating a higher, a perfect man. <laughs> Sounding kind of like a Nazi doctor here, my man. Yeah, right? It's a, it's a little nazi Anyway. So, so then the two sit there, and the doctor tries to get the creature to say man. Because he keeps going, man, man, you know, pointing at themselves, man, trying to get the creature to talk. Well, then the assistant, Walter, walks in, and the creature starts freaking out, because he, of course, hates him. The creature breaks free, and the doctor sends the guys away, saying he'll calm it down, but to bring stuff to help him out. Well, those guys go up there, and they get a torch ready, and they light it. They all come down, the creature freaks, and Walter lights the creature on fire. Uh, he, you know, they able to put him out, and they sedate the creature, and the group gets back together in our final clip. The whole place down there. Don't that matter any? No. The damage can be repaired. It doesn't matter. Besides, we have other drug supplies. Oh, you should have never finished him off myself. He's a killer to start with. I don't want to hear any more of that. He's no more of an animal than you are. And he is a man. Is he, Charles? Yes, he is. You call that thing a man? Charles, we have got to get out of here. Let's talk about it later. There's no need to talk about it later. We have no secrets here, any of us. We live too closely for that. Yeah. Please, let's leave as soon as possible. I can't. And I've got to go by myself. I know what a strain this has been on you, Francis, but you are still my wife. Am I? What exactly does that mean to you? I told you how I felt about my work before we were married. I never said that living with me would be one endless romantic adventure. Charles, I'm so sick of this. I'm not trying to put the blame on anyone. I don't care who's to blame. All I know is that I can't live here any longer. I don't even know you. You don't know me? Whom do you know? Yourself? Fitzgerald, perhaps? What do you want me to say, Charles? There is nothing to say. We both know how things stand. Do we? I suppose you're the injured part. The innocent and misunderstood husband. Francis, why be so hostile? You just never understand that whatever I've done here was not for myself, but for humanity. Did it ever occur to you to ask me if I thought it was worth it? You leave here with me when I'm ready. 
You'd better accept that as final. I'm not like that poor creature downstairs, Charles. You didn't create me. He's going back to the lab. He's gone clean out of his mind, calling that thing a man. Speck will have to do something. Like what? Like! Somebody's got to stop him. He'll get us all killed. After this, Walt kind of starts freaking out on everybody, and so Fritz knocks him out, and he gets up, uh, well, he punches him, and he gets up, and he grabs a gun from a drawer. Well, anyway, he says he's fucking done with all this shit, and so he decides he's heading downstairs to go fuck some shit up, and the cat actually gets free when Walt comes in. Uh, he, all of a sudden, the power starts going out, and the cat, the cat attacks. Um, we see Fran and Fritz are upstairs, and they're looking for candles, and then they see the cat actually escaping the house the doctor comes up tells them both that walt was killed by the cat uh fritz agrees to help the doc hunt the creature and they leave telling uh the boy and the ladies to lock up the house well tiago not listening he goes outside to start looking around himself because he wanted to his sister starts to look for him and as she's outside she sees the creature and the creature attacks her killing her fran is looking for the two young ones and as she finds the already dead girl she sees the cat man uh she tries to lock herself in a her room but it doesn't matter because the cat is able to break down the door uh, the guys hear Fran screaming, so they start heading back, and they find the young girl dead. Um, however, they cannot find Francis. We see the creature has her, and it starts like a chase scene throughout the island. Finally, they split up, and the doctor finds the creature with Francis by a cliff. He makes her put her down, and as he has the creature come to him, the creature attacks, scratching his face, lifting up the doctor and throwing him off the cliff. Fritz shows up, shoots the cat in the stomach, and he jumps off the cliff himself. Later on, we see the creature on the beach, stumbling on the beach, and Tiago is there and helps him into the boat. Then we later cut to Fran and Fritz. They run up on the beach, find Tiago, and he tells them that the boat is gone. Roll credits. So it does kind of indulge in some of the typical movie tropes of the day. Yeah. Um, the scientist does have to die for his evil sins, but the cheating spouse and the shipwrecked cad who was cheating with her get to live on. That's because he did the worst sin. If you go by the sins, is he tried to play God. <laughs> yeah, that's something that God definitely has a problem with when you start coming for his territory. Yeah, he gets a little miffed. It's uh, the same thing that happens in the United States when, uh, you know, you can't just uh, <laughs> when start someone, trying to take when, over the world. When and, someone you know, else tries to interfere with elections without involving us in some way, shape, or form, we get pissed. Yeah, we get really mad, like, we get really mad if other people try to take over the world. And that's when we, like, start getting pissy. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you? fuckers, religion's bullshit, God's not real. How That too. How dare you try and take over another fucking regime and, <laughs> yeah. and collapse. That's for us to do within and then get a dictator in there that's you know gonna go with what that's, we say that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it does have that um the, the differences and the things that made me really feel like it was you know way ahead of its time we've kind of already discussed uh but there's still very i mean like the we haven't talked about the cat makeup because really there wasn't much to it i mean it no was, it was yeah i was about to say I mean, we can now talk about it but yeah there wasn't much to the cat makeup no it was basically like a mummy outfit with like a little bit of a cat 
face peeking out. And then there were some shots where he sort of had like clawed hands, but they just look like gloves with something glued to the fingernail area. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, and it, it's fine. That's the, the error that it was. They didn't have the money to really make a monster suit, but that was the best that they could do. And it just, it is what it is. The rest of the movie is what's supposed to keep your interest anyway. And yeah, we need to kind of talk about it. This is basically like a real low budget ab- adaptation of the Island of Dr. Moreau for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. That that's what it seemed like. Yeah. Like, I mean, they didn't really have the money to have a bunch of animal men running around. And this is like, you know, super low budget, uh, crazy Dr. Moreau, like just focusing in on one person and constantly like altering them through surgery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a different aspect of it. Cause you're right. Cause the original Island of Dr. Moreau was like a ton of people. This is just one. Yeah. Like animal folks that are, you know, either humans that were regressed to be more like animals or animals that were forced to evolve to be more like humans, whichever yeah. it's supposed to be is is what is going on in the island of Dr. Moreau. And we don't really have that here. We have no. we have one animal person who gets out and is, you know, terrifying the villagers and they just run. Uh is it just me or did you think that maybe that the, he's been operating on villagers and that's why they ran? It could be that too. He's operating on villagers, or they just knew he would let them all die. <laughs> yeah, I mean the monster's gonna roam around again on loose and he's not gonna do anything to defend them. No, yeah. So that could also be like the whole deal is uh, uh is that uh they just know that he's gonna allow them to die for his own shit. The horror aspect too of being the guy that just got shipwrecked on this island works pretty well in this as you know, that's really the Dr. Yeah. Moreau thing we're talking about. You're shipwrecked, there's no real way out of here. It's gonna be at so, least two months before yeah. another ship may even show up if it's on schedule. And you yeah. ju- you just don't fucking know and you're just gonna have to try and live your life on that island and hope for the best until then. Yeah, and make the best of it, you know, and hope that people will, you know, I mean, what about food? What about supplies? I mean, there's a whole ton of shit that can go wrong around here. <laughs> right. And our hero decides to make the best of it by trying to make time by with another trying... married man's wife, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> well, at least he didn't try to start hitting on the young girl on the island. God damn, that would have been the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been really, really catty and fucking wrong of him to do both. But, like, I wouldn't have put it past a 1950s film to have that happen. Yeah. No, I, I suppose I see that. <laughs> Yeah, what's with the guy that was supposed to be their helper that fucking, like, the Igor of the f- the film fucking going after and trying to rape the main heroine lady? I mean... Yeah, I don't know, man. It uh, seems uh, wrong, uh, but, but it seems like that's kind of what he was about. Yeah, I mean, it's not that odd to be put into the 1950s, but to push it as far as they push it in a 1950s Yeah, like, that, went, that went a little bit farther than I thought. Right, a little bit more extreme than what you would expect from a film of this era, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Again, Jesus I still, Christ. overall, I mean, I have minor quibbles about it, like the audio issues that you hear in the clips that were all the way through it and all of that. Those are minor quibbles. Overall, I actually really enjoyed this film. I foresee myself watching this again. Yeah, I could see myself watching this again. This is a pretty interesting film and a good, like, one of those uh, good... Uh you know, a good theater role, uh, you know, a good drive-in, uh, almost like would it be a drive-in role, right? You know, a drive-in movie. Yeah, and the other movie that I was trying to think about, uh, I couldn't remember the title of, was actually Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster was the name of it, not Frankenstein oh, Conquers okay. the Martians or whatever. I think I was confusing Santa Claus Conquers the Martians with Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster. It's a 1965 film, and that definitely feels really out of its time. It feels yeah. like another one of those movies that was made now to parody a film from 19. 19- 
1965. Um, I think if you play this film, Terror is a Man, and Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster, back-to-back as like an outdoor theater thing with your friends, or you actually get to see this at a drive-in at like a special showing between the two of them for like a nostalgia drive-in with like car show combo thing or something, you would yeah. have a fucking blast with both of those movies. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of thing that you would see the trailer for maybe in the sci-fi drive-in at Disneyland. Oh yeah, big time, big time. This is yeah, this is definitely something you you'd almost see like any of the movies that like take place in the nineteen fifties or something, like current movies, and then a time warp movie. This would be the type of thing that kids would be uh watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely fits for that. Well, um we've hit just a little over an hour. Let's do a news story and uh, we'll move on, we'll call it a fucking day. All right. Yeah, all right. So up next we're going to play Roy Orbison with an unreleased demo track that got put out later on uh posthumously, uh in one of his greatest hits albums or something like that. I think I found it. But anyway, the song is called Bad Cat. And after that we'll have some Psyop News. bit more on the nose than a song called Catman, actually. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was a very bad kitty running around killing many bad scientists. Bad kitty. Bad kitty. <laughs> That's a bad kitty. Well, let's be good kitties and give them some psyops. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from uh, Christopher Page. Oh, our man Christopher from Orphan Entertainment. He yes. must have an incredibly long penis. I would hope woman so. Had, uh, women had 23 contact lenses stuck under her eyelid. Oh, tears are good lube. Sets. Oh, tears uh, are good lube. Yeah. The woman who is in her 70s has been wearing contact lenses for 30 years. So a woman who felt like there was something in her eye actually had 23 daily disposable contact lenses stuck deep underneath her eyelid, her optometrist reported. I Doctor, everything. Can you imagine the magnification that that was causing? I see Alpha Centauri. <laughs> yeah, or something. Dr. Katrina could. Tiva of California Eye Associates in Newport Beach, California, was shocked to discover the clump of contacts that got to that uh, and got to deliver them last month in a case she documented on her Instagram page. She stated that she was just uh, she was just amazed, uh, and uh, she was like, "This is kind of crazy. I've never seen this before." All the contacts were hidden underneath the upper lid in a pancake stack, so to speak. You Jesus just Christ! And ass balls wiggled in and out. That that too. I got nothing for uh, eye trauma here because you are very much afraid of eye trauma. I am. The patient who is in her seventies and has asked to remain anonymous, I'm sure, has been wearing contact lenses for thirty years. The doctor said.
said. She came to see Kurtiva on September 12th after complaining of the sensation of a foreign body in her right eye, also noticing mucus in that eye. She'd been to the practice. Which I am down. <laughs> She'd been to the practice before, but it was the first time Kurtiva met her uh, after acquiring the office last year. The woman had been skipping her regular visits for fear of catching COVID-19. Kurtiva first checked her eye to rule out a coronial ulcer or conjunctivitis. She also looked for an eyelash, piece of mascara, pet hair, other common object that could be causing the foreign body sensation. But she didn't see anything in her right corona, uh... Corinna uh, at all. She did notice the mucus discharge. The woman said that when she lifted her eyelid, she saw something dark sitting there but couldn't get it out. So Kurtiva inverted her eyelid with her fingers and looked, but again, the doctor didn't find anything. That's when the optometrist used a lid speculum, uh, a wired instrument, to keep the woman's eyelids open and far apart. Uh, which you allowed can her see hands... that in Stanley Kubrick's uh, <laughs> Clockwork. Oh Orange. yeah, is that they, they the, use yeah that, they use that to keep Alex's eyes open? I think that's what that is. Anyway, go ahead. All right, uh, which allowed her hands to be free to do more extensive examinations. He also administered an anesthetic drop with a yellow stain in it. She also looked deeper under the eyelid, and she saw the first couple of contacts stuck together. She used a cotton swab to pull them out, but it was just the tip of the blob. Kartiva asked an assistant to take photos and video of what happened next, and she kept tugging on the, the contacts with the cotton swab. It was really like a deck of cards, Kartiva recalled. It was just kind of unraveled and formed a little chain link on her eyelid. As I'm doing it, I'm telling her, I think I removed more than 10, and they just kept coming and coming. There were <laughs> I'm 20- picturing that. It's like a tapeworm's length of fucking contact lenses stuck together being pulled out of this woman's eye, right? Right, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Ugh. There were 20 three contacts in that eye and all and the doctor discovered after carefully separating them with jeweler forceps she washed out the patient's eye but fortunately the woman didn't have an infection just mild irritation that was treated with anti-inflammatory drops and is doing fine Kultiva said you are how's so po- fucking lucky if that's all that happens with that many contacts jammed up inside your eye right and how is it possible for this to happen this is actually not the most extreme case in 2017 British doctors found 27 contact lessons in a 67-year-old woman's eye who thought dry eye and aging caused her irritation. Optometry Today reported she had been wearing monthly disposable contact lenses for 35 years. The case was documented in the BMJ. Having two contacts in one eye is surprisingly common, and having three or more is pretty extraordinary, Dr. Jeff Petty, an optometrist in Salt Lake City, Utah, told the American Academy of Optometry in the 2017 case. Kurtiva's patient told her she had no idea how this happened, but the doctor had some theories. The woman probably thought she removed the lenses by sliding them off to the side, but actually didn't take them out and was just kept hiding under her upper lid. Oh, that's uncomfortable. The eyelid pocket, which is called the fornix, is a dead end. Nothing can ever travel to the back of your eye without retrieval. It's not like it's going to go to your brain, Kurtiva noted. In an older patient, (coughs) the fornix becomes very deep, which is related to aging changes of the eye in the face the the way the orbit atrophies leading to sunken eyes she said the contact lenses were tucked away so deep and so far away from the cornea the most sensitive part of the eye that the woman didn't feel the clump until it became very big people who wear contacts for decades lose some of their corneal sensitivity so that may be another reason she didn't feel the blob she added the woman is really uh married to wearing contacts and wants to keep using them Kurtiva said she saw the patient recently and reported she is doing 
doing well. The case is a good reminder to be mindful about contact lens wearing. Always wash your hands before handling lenses. And if you wear daily contacts, tie your eye care to daily dental care. Remove your contacts when you brush your teeth. That way you'll never forget, Cartiva said. That's assuming that that person brushes their teeth every night. Yeah, you know, and also they're older. It could be confusion, mass confusion. You think you remove them, but you never did. Yeah, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. (laughs) Man, that is a really gross thought. But that I'm, is gross. I'm so that, glad like, that that lady got the relief. But Jesus, how do you? Not how good know? must have that have felt once they're all out too? Oh, like the the lack of pressure and like just seventy yeah. of them just rolled up in there like pancakes. Exactly. Jesus. <laughs> I said it Woo. before, and I'm going to say it again. This is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> 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 that is fucking crazy and twisted and really that's just going to be the end of our fucking show let's just call it a day yeah let's do it all right with that we're gonna have the ending legion probo and right after that we're gonna have the stray cats with stray cats strut if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell mean power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s rabbit and red radio the shade cast short bus cinema two drink minimum commentaries the vd clinic who will survive horror podcast and which versus the doomsday clock with such a widespread of shows there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with horror politics movies books sex music commentaries health video games kaiju action news comedy and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world we are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world check us out at www.legionpodcast.com itunes spotify stitcher youtube and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found solo for everybody here but you know we got to get the show finished up 
gotta get going. <laughs> We've been here for far too long. All right. So the show housekeeping, everybody knows how this works. The easiest place to find us, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. Or as our friend Duncan from the podcast on the stairs has pointed out on my most recent uh, visit to his show, uh, Court, just tell them to Google Cinema Psyops. They'll find it. Just Google that shit. <laughs> Put it in the Google shit. <laughs> and also, if you're just in iTunes and you search under cinema, we're like one of the, like, the third or fourth one right now or fifth, somewhere around there that shows up. So, you know, we've, nice. we've been around that long. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're, we're old. <laughs> we existed for a while, yeah. We have existed for a while, yeah. Another thing that has existed for a while that you should probably check out is the Legion Discord chat. Now, some of you have joined up, and it hasn't been all hopping and bopping and going crazy, but hey, we're all there. Just start talking, folks. That's all you got to do. That's right. <laughs> Real easy to find the Legion Discord chat. It's in the show notes right there, pasted in there for you. There's Just a link that you can right join. Right there. It'll smack you right in the face if you're not careful. <laughs> Other things that'll smack you in the face if not careful are our Instagram feed memes of cinema underscore psyops those memes do pack a pretty mean punch <laughs> and not like a smacky in the face in a like a no. way that you don't like but like smacky in the face in like the way you kind of do like if you know what i mean yeah in the, in the way you feel comfortable with <laughs> other places that may or may not make you feel comfortable or uncomfortable are our facebook group cinema psyops where i've recently taken off the reins that fuckerberg put upon us ages ago so yeah you can post the stuff that you were going to post but you know don't get yourself banned that's your own fault yeah right yeah just don't don't be weird yeah don't get banned yeah follow the I fucking mean, weird but don't get banned yeah like follow the fucking guidelines stay within the fucking rules and find a way to bend the rules of facebook's posting yeah right no <laughs> and, shit yeah and, and have a little fun with it and also i'm there on facebook as court psyops although not as much as i used to be i'm definitely more prevalent in the legion discord chat uh and also the feedback to court cinema psyops court at gmail.com that is where you can get the uh patreon giveaway steam code that we have to give away which uh i'm now opening up to everybody all you have to do is just email me and say court i want the fuck steam code yeah just say i want the fucking steam code <laughs> that's it i want the fucking that's steam it. code court or court i want the fucking steam code i'm even yeah. opening it up <laughs> yeah you can do it any way you want the important part is is i want the fucking steam code yes give give me the fucking steam code well while you're out there wanting the fucking steam code that matt feels is virtually his kick the fuck out of this weekend make it your bitch <laughs> Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can and you? I am also recording. One, two, three. Can you hear this? Yeah. I can. <laughs> I was expecting to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Uh, well, let's lower some expectations and get this show on the road. All right, I got all the music this week. I just have to download your clips, but I can do that real quick. I just remember that right. I have to do that. So, uh, fuck, I'm waiting for my weed to heat up, but heat up anyway. And by weed, I mean legally grown hemp-derived highs. How dare you? It's terrible. <laughs> How dare I? It's legal, so therefore I dare? How dare you, sir? Just so terrible. You're a terrible person. <laughs> I like being You're a druggie. I like being shamed, so this is doing nothing for me, but it's like making me happy, so it's fine. Well, that's good. I try to help, you know. Fucking sane today. Fucking yeah. all hyped up right now. All hopped up on goofballs? Yeah, I'm all hopped up on goofballs and Mountain Dew and shit. Got me under this fucking healthy Nebraska fucking tea shit. It's fucking awesome. Certainly making you swear more. It's amazing. It takes longer to zip this file than it actually does to download it. It's incredible. Oh. I could have probably downloaded each individual file much quicker than it's taking to zip this. Yeah. I say this just about every episode that I deal with Google API while we're recording, but God, they are the fucking worst, their API. 32 seconds to zip, five seconds to download. <laughs> and it's nine clips that are like not even huge. Oh, so yeah, but they're long. Some of them are long. <laughs> I've returned to clipping in full fashion. We're just listening to half the movie. <laughs> There's nine clips. It was a 90-minute movie, and each clip is 10 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Well, we're all loaded up, so long as you didn't overdrive the clips too much, I think we're good to go, so let's fucking roll. Woo! Sorry, I'm looking up terrorism, man. I know what year it came from. Give me a sec. Yeah. This will just be an outtake. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, fuck them. The thing that I do differently when I do clips is I cut out dead noise in between dialogue. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> the show's going to be over an hour by virtue of the fact that the first clip is three minutes and 43 seconds. You should go down. Dude, that's one of the shorter clips. <laughs> oh, wow. I need to teach you how to do truncate silence and noise removal. Nah, that's for you. You're like, I'm good. You you don't, nah, I'm, I don't edit shit. That's your thing. That's you like editing. I, uh... <laughs> I just do it out of necessity because we cannot go out unedited. <laughs> Not because we're so offensive and vile, but because we're so bad at this. I, I was only... Is that five or six? That's, uh... Let's see here. Uh... Uh, oh damn it, hold on. See here, it's a nine, eight, seven, six. It's five. Cool, that's what's playing now. So I always good. number them to make it easier for me in my notes. Little yeah. trick that might help. Holy shit, somebody's actually you releasing Ken Russell's whore on Blu ray. Really? My brother and I go with you. They're wanting the fucking Steam code that Matt feels is virtually his. Kick the fuck out of this weekend, make it your bitch. Okay, I'm done. Well done. <laughs> and so am I. I've stopped recording.